Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir. Welcome back to our weekly Wednesday Shir. <coughs> it's been quite a while since Yom Tevim had come out on Wednesdays. And Yom Tevim on Wednesdays did not help because we could not record on Yom Tev. The Ramatzi Yom Tev was not doable, unfortunately. So here we are back, Baruch Hashem, Gizut in a new year, Teish Nas, Pe'erais, Brachais, all the Rosh Tevis that anyone can come up with in its good stead for this new year, Mitzvah, Baruch Hashem, Tavshin Pe'beis, Uwezeicha, we're here. Fortunately, the computer is not, uh, doesn't look like he was written into the right books. But hopefully, we'll be able to get a video out of him. Tavshin Pebez, we're holding Cheshvan, Shchedish Cheshvan. Shchedish Cheshvan, according to, if you go according to the calculation of Tishrei, being the first month of the year, Shchedish Cheshvan is the second month, obviously. Then you go according to the Nisan, the first month of the year, then Cheshvan is the eighth. Nisan, eighth. Seventh, makes more sense. Yeah, Nisan, year, seven, Thomas, of, El, Tishrei. Cheshvan is the eighth, right, like I said, the first time. The year is Ben Yitzchak Shalom and Masha Bas Yitzchak, and they're not related. Unfortunately, they just both passed away. Um, quite an age difference between them. One was Shimon was unfortunately a young boy, unmarried, and Baruch Hashem Masha was the grandmother, great grandmother. Baruch Hashem of a, a ripe old age. May the Neshamas have alias, may the Neshamas reach the highest levels, the highest places. And in the schus of the Torah, the merit of the Torah that we learn in their name, they should... The Neshama should rise from one level higher to the next to the next. We enter a new year. A new year is turning a new page, turning over a new leaf. We spoke that a new year in the Yiddish calendar is not at all like a new year in the non-Jewish, in the secular calendar. And the new year a Jew does retrospect, a Jew does revision of what he's done, goes over his entire year, her entire year, what they've done, what they've accomplished what they could have accomplished, what they should have accomplished, etc. 
and they make resolutions. Unlike New Year's resolutions, which unfortunately are basically going to the gym to lose weight, etc. Resolutions in the New Year, the Jewish New Year, are of a total different realm. A spiritual resolution. By the way, I have no idea how this video is going to come out. It looks like it's going to be a choppy as water. <sighs> Shem is going to help us. That was for you. Now, straighten yourself out, Mr. Computer. As we said, the Pasha is Pasha's Noyach. And obviously, Noyach is the star of the show in this Pasha. Noyach is Tzadik, Tom Noyach was a Tzadik, a righteous man. And he was a Tomim in his generation. He was a complete fellow in his generation. Nayach, the word Nayach, comes from rest. Menucha, to rest. And that is being the name of the Pasha, the Chera, you would think that that would be the essence of the Pasha, that would be the entire happenings of the Pasha, etc. However, unfortunately, the Pasha has got a whole different twist to it going to shut down video and restart has a whole different twist in our Pasha we have several very very depressing things actually the flood the destruction of mankind the entire world then we have the sin of the Dera Floga that stands up inside. They're going to battle with God, they build a tower. And yet the name is Nayach, to rest, to be calm, to be in a pleasant demeanor. Doesn't mesh. No mech, doesn't match. Even the Flood is referred to as May Noyach, the waters of Noyach. Also, a similar question. The Mabel was then resting. This flood that flooded, flooded the world and destroyed everything in its sight, the entire human creation, everything that grew, everything that every human being, every everything animal that was not brought into the actual ark, was destroyed. So you want to tell me this water is called Meinach, water of relaxation? I mean, the fact is that generally, water is relaxation. What's more relaxing than sitting by a waterfront? What's more relaxing than sitting on a beach? quiet, alone, 
hearing the waves splash up against the sand, or if you go down to a further place, up against the rocks. And yet, and yet, here, so when we say, that the word that we say the, the waters were the waters of Neach Neach again as we said meaning resting it makes no sense it just doesn't happen that waters of such magnitude can possibly be considered resting possibly be considered relaxing you don't want to sit by waters that are destroying a world. And actually the waters were actually hot. Around the Teva itself they were cool, but the regular the waters themselves were boiled water. Rather the word Nayach gives us a very deeper, much deeper meaning. Hidden amongst and behind and above all the horrible, horrible happenings that happened. However, the, however, the, gen, the flood in its own right, the Dera flood, as we said, the ones that came to battle against God, in their own right, these were not... Ex- oh, there we go. These were not exactly rest and relaxation. Video froze for a change. We'll continue only audio. However, the fl- however, only through this flood, because of and in <clears throat> not in spite of, but because of, through the flood, in a beneficial fashion, came about. Naiche de Rucho. Ter'er, the Altarebbe brings down, the beginning of our Pasha. Naiche de Rucho. Naiche is, of course, a pleasantness. The Rucho of spirit. A total different thing, a total different level. Calm and relaxation. The Mabel purified the land. And it created a good aura and a good and a total good sense into the world. Greater, without any any uh, measurement, even far greater than it was before the Mabul. The Medrash tells us that when Noach went out of the Teva, when he went out of the Ark. She saw a new world. This is a world that elevated to a whole new level. So much so that HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a pact with this new order, with this new world. For perpetual generations, forever and ever.
if that's the case, then of course, May Noyach are a very pleasant thing to talk about. Because God now found us in, fa- in a fa- we were in the favor of God in I favoring God's eyes <coughs> in that we were now in a whole new re- a whole new level and a whole new realm. However, bottom line, the intention, the deeper intention of all these hardships, all these tests of which a person unfortunately stumbles through throughout their lifetime and there are many we all know we only wish we could take them back we only wish we could fix them we only wish we could even apologize for them so that the person or the people or God that was affected by the sin should be totally forgiven and not have any any scar from this I don't believe this and all these trials and tribulations to take a few second break folks the door back. Apologies. This is going to be a real super sheer. So all these trials and tribulations that a person goes through in life, which seem to be so terrible and horrible that have happened to us, <clears throat> they're definitely negative, And they're definitely something that should not have happened and something that we don't want happening. Deep down, have something good in it. A good intention from God. Needless to say, who are we to discuss, who are we to say someone else's trials, tribulations and pains? Who are we to say that so simply they're wiped away and they're nothing really and they're good and they have to see the good in it? However, however, we sometimes need to go, sometimes need to discuss, sometimes have to be heard out by Das Terah and listen to the Terah opinion as we see here all that went through 
and the good outcome of it because it's in Tera and Tera is elevating and purifying it in this horrible, horrible trials and tribulations these trials and tribulations the Jews went through in the merit of this when a person stands up against this and overpowers them the person succeeds to elevate and to wipe away and to bring about and to bring up the holiest of sparks that were hidden within this evil so much so that they literally turn over to spirituality and to good and it serves them it helps them with the service of God obviously in order to get that guidance that heads up one would need to openly discuss or to bring about or tell about unfortunately today everybody feels the therapists are the ones that can heal and can advise and to guide and to give shed light on what people have been through it's the tater that does it I'm not fighting with therapists that was not a, a, a diss against therapists Also, this concept of the seemingly bad having good within it has a special connection with the time of the year that Parshas Neach is read. We are coming off of the month of Tishrei, a month of holidays. And Tishrei is known also and we're returning to mundane days. When a Jew leaves the month of Tishrei, known as Chedesh HaShvi'i, Shvi is a Lashen, and not only the seventh, not only the seventh month, it also means Seveya, something that becomes full, satisfied. So the wealth of the holidays, of the holy holidays, the holy Tevim, they're leaving that, we're going into simple, mundane, day-to-day grind world again. When that happens, we could, for God forbid, fall into the Mayim Rabbim. We could fall into the great flooding waters of Patidlisa, Panasa, of worrying about how to support oneself, of the different mundane things that go on in the world. comes Pashas Neach and gives us a little wake-up call. Do not fall into the trap of the the marble and its troubles and its trials and tribulations. Don't get confused, don't get caught up in the Mayim Rabim, in the great flooding waters. You have the potential to turn this all around, all this bad mojo, as they would call it, bad feelings, bad flooding waters, again. And you have the potential 
to turn it all around instead of being Mayim Rabim that are flooding you, great waters flooding, it would be Meinoyach, which is a Nachas Ruach, which is a a pleasure, a pleasant pleasure. that a person can derive from. I'm shut up to think what these videos are going to look like. And we see this, where it says, in essence, God calls to Nayak and says, Boy Teva, come to the Teva. The word Teva means the Ark. <clears throat> the word Teva could mean Word. And the Baal Shem Tov explains, the Holy Baal Shem Tov explains, that when he said to him, come into the Teva, he meant, go into the words of Teva and Tefillah, and attach yourself to it. If you will do as such, not only will you be spared and saved from the flooding waters, but you will benefit. And you will see the great amount that you can gain from what the waters have to offer. So we see the coming to the going into the Teva being beckoned to come and enter the Teva this gives us a tremendous Nachas Ruach and Nachas Ruach to Hashem as well and the whole year the trials and tribulations that we have to do and that we have to support ourselves with and we have to get through and go through All this can be elevated, can be put into a spiritual realm. Once the person learns and knows how to apply all this to the Torah way. So therefore we see the good and the kindness that God bestows in it on each and every one of these and what we see either trivial, or God forbid, for some painful times and issues. Ironically though, the Torah says, Neach is tzaddik Neach was a tzaddik in his generation. Our sages have a dispute over this. B'dayra Yisav means his generation. In his generation, you could just say, B'dayra he was a Tzadik. Why B'dayra Yisav? B'dayra Yisav has interesting connotations.
First of all, according to one opinion, it's a praise. It's praiseworthy. If he was so great in his generation, and his generation was such a bunch of evil people, wicked people, how much more so, how greater he would have been in any generation that he had other tzaddikim to be, to be with. And there are others that say no. Dele Sav means in his generation, but had he been in any other generation, they wouldn't even have looked at him twice. Now, Rashi actually says, the Chazal actually, the sages quote, very ironically, the Zaya brings it actually, that had he been in any other generation, he would have been as nothing as not, and he brings down the generation of Abraham, of Avram, generation of Mesha, and the generation of David. And we'll soon discuss what those generations are implying. First, let us get through here a different, a total different angle or entity or problem or issue. So there will once again not be a video this week. Um, I'll just be sending out a link to Shear.us for people to listen to the Shear in audio. Sorry. Computer issues. So first, allow us to delve into and to understand this dispute of whether he was actually a tzaddik that could have been a tzaddik anywhere, or whether he was only a tzaddik in that generation itself. We have a mission in Pirkei Avais, in the chapter of our fathers, the first chapter, the first Perik, Mishnah Vov. And the Mishnah says, Have it done as Kaladam the Kafskos. One must judge every person in a meritorious way. If you explain this Pasuk in the Teda, saying the Deiraisa means. He would have been in every generation, he would have been even greater. <coughs> it, I, I, I hear it. It, it. it works for me. But if I tell you, you have to judge every person in a good way, in a way of merit, why put him down and say in other generations he would not have been so great? More so, we learn. The Torah doesn't like to speak in derogatory fashion. As a matter of fact, the Torah goes through lengths, great lengths, to avoid negativity and talking in a not, not proper way. Even when it comes to the creations, where it talks about the animals, it talks about the different animals that there were. And if you keep in score at home, Gimar and Baba Basra, Kufchav Gimel Amar Aleph, 123, side 1, 
And where the Gemara finishes off there, Beginus Sadikim Dibera Kasuf, in the um, putting in a bad light, the Torah is talking about the righteous people. Ginai is an embarrassment, is a not positive expression, a negative one. So the Torah tells us in our parasha, when it comes to discussing the animals, Torah tells us, Habahima Hatzahira, the pure animal, and then it says, the impure animal, Habahima Asher Enena Tahira. The animal that is not pure. But the terror does not say the terror that is impure, but rather refers to the animal as something that is not pure. So although in English it translates, it sounds like we're talking negative, it's not at all negative. It's just not using the, it's not a matter of negativity per se, as the um more presentable or the nicer way of of saying words. And therefore, when it says, the Torah is adding words, letters, etc., going out of its way in order to be able to prevent talking in derogatory fashion. If that's the case, why would the Tera insinuate with the word with his generation that it meant in other generations he would not be so great? The explanation in general to this is there's a cloud. The Tera, we said a generalization, the Tera refrains from using phrases, uncomplimentary phrases. This goes on the stories that happen in the Torah. But if we need to teach a din, if we need to teach a halacha, then the Torah has to find different ways of expression. And saying this is bad and this is good. This is pure and this is impure. Why? So to refrain from the mistake or falling into the halacha improperly. And it's very, very easy to misinterpret and to misconstrue a psagdin, a halacha. I mean, unfortunately, today's day and age, people choose one of their prime sources of communication is text. Text, emails, or WhatsApp, or all the other modern technologies. Sorry, the rabbi is a little bit behind. I didn't say send messages on beepers. You don't hear a person's voice when they text. 
They send voice notes are one thing. You don't see facial expressions even on voice notes. If you're talking on FaceTime or you're talking on video, Zoom, whatever it might be, it's also. You see the facial expression, but the person can be making with their hands. They could be so many different body, so much different body language that one would not be able to detect whilst talking in video. But when you go to a Yerov, therefore, and you ask a Shaila, and you get a Psak on the Shaila, you get a an answer or a, a clarification on the Shaila, how to act on this question, what to do and how to approach it, and you ask in a direct way or on the phone even, or you hear the person, you can somewhat get a picture in a much clearer level. And so too in our situation. The need to bring about and to speak about the genai, the unpleasant expression by saying of so much of that idea it comes to refrain it holds us back from God forbid falling into a misjudgment or something that we shouldn't be expressing and saying the behavior of Noach also had a little bit of a negativity to it had Noach turned or expressed only in in praiseworthy way, where one would think that his ways are complete, are a tzaddik tamim, then everything would be fine. However, therefore we need to learn this in a way, in a derogatory way, not in order to, God forbid, tell us the shortcomings, God forbid, of Nayach, but rather to see to it that we look in our own mirrors and we see to it that we take ourselves to a whole different level. Chazal, the sages tell us, Nayak did not ask for sympathy for his generation. Who davened for those who made the eagle. And we see from there that Mesha was able to ask forgiveness and sympathy and empathy 
on the fact that the forefathers were our ancestry, whereas the Mabul didn't have that merit. He had no one to fall back on. He had no one to say, because of them and their merit, have pity on us. This is therefore a shortcoming of the generation. And this is the halacha we t- that we've taught from here. That the sages want to teach us when it says, B'dayreisav, meaning a gnai, an embarrassment. A Jew needs to know, whatever the case, whatever the situation, one needs to always ask for forgiveness, not from the person, but for the person. That sympathy and that rachamim, rachamim rabim for a fellow Jew. Just like Moshe Rabbeinu, who asked for rachamim b'nei Yisrael, not like Noach, who did not ask. This concept we find in the word B'deiraisov. How? By saying Lignai. This Gnai, this bad vibe that we got from the word, is actually causing a merit to Nayakh. Because that is how he teaches all the generations to come and to be, how they need to ask always from God when they pray that not only we are forgiven and we are in good stead and we are in good place but everyone and every and every friend and every person that we know that we have to do it and this is what teaches us these times where it's hard in order to it's hard for us to influence our surroundings whereas we see Bernayach no matter what he did he was not successful with that Taylor tells us had he done everything had he done everything that he meant to do that he needed to do the way he needed to do it, don't just go and say, "Ani is nafshi salti." I saved my own skin. I saved my own life. But rather, add and pray for the fellow Jew, whether you care for them, don't care for them, whatever it might be, pray that they too fall into the right eyes, the right mind frame, the right set, the mindset of God. Now if the generation of the flood that was so sinful, that was literally pathetically sinful, and they had potential, they didn't use it unfortunately, but had potential to ask for rachamim, for compassion for one another, 
how much more so our generation. The generation of Ikvis HaMashiach. We are literally the heels, we are on the heel of Mashiach's coming, on the brink. And the Rambam says, If Tira, the Tira guarantees you safe Yisrael Asis Tshuva, at the end the Jews of the Tshuva be safe Golusan, at the end of their Golos, their exile, immediately they will be redeemed. So definitely, if we need to ask for compassion on the generation of the Jews of our generation, and that is translated that each and every one of us should do tshuva, and through the tshuva we can accomplish the geula, the amit hamit desvashlema. And we said, so therefore we see that as much as we thought was derogatory or not positive, we see the ultimate beautiful and the beautification, the outcome on behalf of Neach and the lesson that it teaches us until today. So we said though that the Zaya says, Now, which generations is it referred to? The generation of Avram, generation of Moshe, and the generation of David. What is the common denominator here? To be able to to be taught to us between these generations. The explanation is really quite deep. By these three tzaddikim, by Avram, Moshe and David, each one started a new shlav. A total new path, a new era. Avram was the first Jew. He opened up his shlav, as we say. He opened up his era. as welcoming God in the new era of Rome coming and recognizing God
This is a new thing. And therefore he opens up and introduces to the world Am Yisrael, the Jewish nation. Moshe brings about to the world the Torah. And from there onwards, giving us the strength, the capacity to sanctify, to purify the world through Torah. Dabra Melech opened up a whole new thing, which is a Malchus, royalty. The main Indian was to rule, to have HaKadosh Baruch Hu rule as king over the entire world. And Nayak also opened up a new era, In that, the world after the marble, after the flood, after everything that took place, after everything that happened to the Jewish nation, that happened to the world itself, he comes out, as we said before, and he sees a new world. sees a new world. The Medjur says, as we said before, he sees a new world. And therefore he starts by, shall we say, fixing, correcting the world for what it is. But the actual work of Neach was a starter. He was in the startup mode. And it's not considered anything when it comes to the Veda of Avram Meshan David. It was a an accomplishment. He brought things to a different level, but nothing in comparison with what Avram did for the world, what Meshan did for the world, and David did for the world. And therefore Adam, David, Moshe, Avram, David, and Moshe, are the acronym Adam. Through them, the world came up to a concept of Adam of people. The righteousness of Noach was mainly in the realm 
these sins in, in retrospect to the sins of his generation. Those people were destroying everything and anything in mankind. There was no common denominator between people. And therefore, in this case, Neach was actually a tzaddik. But the full extent of this was what happens between a person and his friend. This doesn't come One does not accomplish the world as it should be in its completion when one does not see to reach out for the friend. Leaving, therefore, a gap for repair that needs to be rectified. And therefore his Aveda, since he hasn't done what all he should have done, did not reach out to a fellow man, did not reach out to help a fellow Jew. Therefore his Aveda was counted as naught. Whereas Avram, David, and Moshe and David were in completion. They were in a complete state. Not only between man and friend and one between one another, man and his friend, but more so connecting the world with the spirituality and godliness. Avram spread the concept of emuna, of belief in Kelechad one God. Vesha received the Tera to sanctify the world, and David, as we said, prepared for the Beis Hamikdash in which the Holy Temple, the Shekhinah, rested. Therefore, the difference between Noyach and Avram and Meisha, Avram, sorry, the difference between Noyach and Avram, Meisha and David, takes new dimension. The work, the service of Noyach, as we said, was mainly and basically because of fear of God. The warning to his generation was based on mainly fear, because there's going to be a flood. And even he himself, Nayach, the Medrash tells us, was a mechus muna. He didn't have, he wasn't really a full, full believer. And the water actually started to fall before he actually went into the Teva. But still in all, on the other side, the work of the service of Avram, of Moshe and David, this came from the deep, deep recognition of God, the greatness of God, and this recognition was implemented through their hands, Dafka through their Aveda. It brought about the foundation of the true fi- correction of the world. 
before its existence, before its essence. This complete Shlemus, this full Shlemus of the Aveda that took place, this was through Melech the base David. Who is the king that comes from the house of David? Mashiach Tzadkenu. And he will fix the world in its entirety and it will work as Hashem, it will work together with God. Even the non-Jewish nations, says the prophet Yeshaya, will go and they will gather and they go up to the mount of God, to the house, the God of, the God of Yaakov, show in their ways and go in their proper paths and we'll all merit to go arm in arm hand in hand with Mashiach Kenu. as Taylor tells us one needs to be with complete Avasitra and complete connection with one another knowing that the completion of my Abbas Yisrael is not just loving a fellow Jew, but loving God Himself. The Mabel subsides. And when it does so, Ter tells us, he comes out of the Ark, and only Noach and those who are with him in the ark survived. Nair's dedication to the animals and to all their needs while being in the ark shows us how one needs to be when it comes to a divine mission. Nair's devotion here to his passengers as we call them and seeing to it that they have their sustenance this serves actually more as a metaphor for those who have the obligation or the capacity to impart with others spiritual sustenance. And Rashi describes that there was a physical toll that took itself, that was taken on Neach while he tended the animals. Says he was groaning and spitting blood because of the burden of tending the cattle and the beasts. And some say he delete, what happened? He delayed feeding the, the lion once, and it struck him. And therefore, it says, "Behold, a righteous man is requited." Righteous man suffers for his sins in this world. Neach ultimately was a very spiritual person. As we said, he was the most, he was the tzaddik in the generation. And here the tzaddik in the generation was feeding the animals. And it hurt. He was not in good shape from this. He was over 600 years old, remember? So when we emulate Neach's work, we too must commit ourselves, carrying out our mission, to bring the terrorist message of godliness and holiness to the world, under any circumstance. 
even if it comes to the expense of our physical comfort. A person cannot be discouraged, even if we find ourselves groaning and spitting blood, and we can't get to a shul, and we can't eat hot food on Shabbos, or whatever it might be, whatever the trial and tribulation, whatever challenge presents itself. At the same time, however, we have to learn from Leach not to impose this readiness and this comfort for discomfort on others. Rashi therefore concludes, some say he delayed feeding the lion, it struck him, Leach was punished for delaying the lion's food, to teach us that while we must readily sacrifice our own comfort for the success of our vital and lofty mission, the next person's needs, or even their conveniences, are not ours to sacrifice delay. We cannot come late with it to help the others. And does each one and every one of us have the animalistic soul within us that we need to feed and tend to? Akash Baruch gives us the strength, the kayak, the capacity, and the understanding to be able to feed it in a way that we, he too will serve God. And Molot is there as Hashem, Kamayim Leomachasim, and the world will then be filled with godliness, and we will all go with Mashiach and Kenu this Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom to all.